being around sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Early Odds Week 2 NFL Podcast. Myself and John Breach. It is Sunday, September 12th while we're recording this. Maybe you're listening on Monday, September 13th. Either way, thanks for checking it out. John Breach, what's up, buddy? Brinson, I'm in a great mood. You know why, but I'm not going to tell you why, because we all know why. I see that record scratch. He didn't miss. The uh, Bengals kicker banged him a uh, field goal, gave the breach, uh, gave the flying breaches a uh, much needed week one win over old friend Mike Zimmer. On this episode, we will look at an early preview of week two odds. This is important because if you jump on these odds early, you'll get better numbers. For instance, you'd think that if you got the 52 on the Titans Cardinals over last week, you'd be in great shape. Turns out you wouldn't be because the kicker missed. Oh, he missed. He missed a kick, and uh, that, that under somehow zero points in the fourth quarter, that loss. That was a tough L for yours truly. But uh, by and large, a pretty good week um, on the betting front. Let's have another good one in week two. Coming up, of course, in the feed, our Sunday flagship program, their weekly recap show with myself, Breach, and Ryan Wilson. And you can watch this on YouTube. It will be up on YouTube immediately. If you watch on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. YouTube.com slash pick six you'll get all our content earlier than you do through your podcast feed so make sure and check that out breach let's start with thursday night football the giants are heading to washington we don't there is a line on this uh we're, you can find them out on the internet right now they're not up at all, every shop but the washington football team minus four and a half against the giants even though it appears that ryan fitzpatrick could potentially miss time with what is described as a hip injury taylor heineke Filled it pretty admirably. Washington lost to the Chargers on Sunday. The Giants, though, got destroyed by the Broncos and looked like a team that is very susceptible to uh, good defenses. So with that in mind, Washington minus four and a half, the over under 43. What do you think about this game? I think this is a very fascinating game. As you said, the fact that there's a point spread on the board is somewhat surprising because usually when you see a starting quarterback go down, the odds makers just pull that thing as quickly as possible. But you know what? This is Ryan Fitzpatrick. This isn't Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. There's not going to be much of a downgrade at quarterback if Washington has to start Taylor Heineke. We saw him play against the Buccaneers in the playoffs last year. He almost pulled off an upset. He probably runs his offense almost as well as Fitzpatrick, I just think Ron Rivera liked that Fitzpatrick has uh, almost you know 15 years of football knowledge out there. By the way, Taylor, Taylor Heineke, that game against uh, uh, Tampa Bay, 
uh, uh, Steve Palazzo of, of, of PFF said that, that was that was the highest graded game by any quarterback in the playoffs last year. And look at what Tampa Bay's defense did the rest of that postseason. They terrorized yeah. everyone. Taylor Heineke, so the highest graded game of the playoffs came against the best defense. So, you know, I think Taylor Heineke can go in there and have success. So I'm not even thinking about the quarterback position on Washington's end when I look at this game. You know what? I am thinking about that with the quarterback position on the Giants end. Uh, the human turnover machine, Daniel Jones, had another ugly turnover in week one. We saw the Giants driving down the score. You mentioned that game. This was actually, it could have been a close game, except the Giants kept shooting themselves in the foot. And one of those bullets through the foot was Daniel Jones fumbling it mm. in Broncos territory. Uh, they surely would have gotten a field goal, maybe even a touchdown, kept it close, but it didn't happen. Now, the one thing that's weird that as good as Washington's defense is, the one defense that Daniel Jones always plays well against is Washington. Yeah. Literally, Daniel Jones has eight wins in his entire career. Four of them have come against Washington. 50% of his wins against Washington. So this is the one game where he always comes out. He looks like Tom Brady. I don't know what it is about playing this team. Uh, and if Washington, when they're playing a non-divisional team, I like them a lot because their defense is hard to attack. We saw them do well against the Chargers. Uh, but when you're playing a divisional team, you never know. It just seems like Daniel Jones likes facing them. And you know what, Brinson? I am going to take the Giants to cover here, and I might even pick them to pull off the upset. Ooh, spicy. I don't know if I could go that far. Uh, I'll tell you, though, I would like to get in on the under here at 43. That would be my pick of these matchups. First of all, short week, Thursday night. At Washington, that field turf is really slow. I mean, just slow and sluggish, and you don't see a, a lot of scoring. You know, the, the turnovers are a bit of a concern, but I, I think you'll see Jason Garrett be very conservative. You'll see Ron Rivera and Scott Turner be fairly conservative. I don't think they'll want to risk exposing Taylor Heineke. Do what is a pretty decent uh, Giants front as well. Although Teddy Bridgewater was able to really throw all over him, and they could have had more points. Honestly, that the Broncos could have. That was, um, yeah. You know, I think I think those two. I think the Broncos and Washington are fairly comparable. The 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 only reason I don't back Washington is because of that the Danny Dimes thing. He just had Gary against Ron Rivera or, or against Washington, I guess. Um, so I will take the under in that game. Would probably lead to taking the points if it's over a field goal in a divisional matchup on a Thursday night between two low scoring teams. The bills are headed to play the dolphins bills gagged against the Steelers on Sunday. And the dolphins pulled off a shocking win in new England, taking down Bill Belichick and Mac uh, in Mac Jones's debut. The bills are three and a half point favorites on the road in Miami. The over under here, 47 breach. Uh, you know, you don't want to say a week two game is a must win game. But if you're the Buffalo Bills, you are going to Miami this week knowing that if you lose, you're two games out of first place two weeks into the season, which uh, is... Hey, for those of us who took the Bills over 11 and a half and 10 and a half, this is a must-win game. <laughs> yeah, this is panic time in Buffalo. For the Buffalo betters, for the coaching staff, for everyone who was backing the Bills this season, uh, you got to be a little bit worried. They went out and they got punched in the mouth by the Steelers' defense. It wasn't even like Pittsburgh went up and down the field. Steelers just made a couple big plays. They had a block punt for a touchdown. That's a Bills special teams disaster. And they bottled up the Bills offense. Uh, I thought the Bills defense did play pretty well in this game. Uh, and so I don't think the Bills offense is going to get bottled up two weeks in a row. I know that the Dolphins have a pretty good defense. But, I mean, we saw what Buffalo did to them last year. It just seems like, uh, again, Josh Allen, it feels like he's going to have a big game. Uh, I don't see Buffalo losing 
two in a row. And at three and a half points, eh, I think I'm going to take the Bills to cover. Okay. I can't, I just can't believe that the Dolphins did what they did. And, but the problem is that Dolphins defense was able to slow down the Patriots. And that's different than slowing down the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Buffalo had, there's a couple of fluke plays. There's a block punt, right? Uh, which led to a touchdown. Um, you know, Big Ben, it's just a wild second half turnaround for the, uh, for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. A huge win for Pittsburgh. I think I would lean towards the Bills as well. What I might like in this spot, though, Breach, is the under 47. Because we saw the Dolphins are going to be fairly, not, I don't know if they're extremely conservative, but they're just not really aggressive. And they're bringing in Jacoby Brissett. They're going for some short, you know, some short yardage stuff by sneaking Brissett as a quarterback. And the Bills, early on in that game against Pittsburgh, it looked like that was a stone cold under. I mean, it was no scoring. And the Bills should have put up more points, and then they, all of a sudden they, they can't be come back on. Um, I, that's a lot of road chalk for a division game, but I'm not sure I want to back the Dolphins. I will, I will take the under in that one as well. The 49ers are headed to Philadelphia. 49ers had a had a scare against the Lions late on Sunday. A wild finish to that game, but the San Francisco, San Francisco was able to hold on. Philly, no such scare. Jalen Hurts would look fantastic. Almost won me a ton of money in DFS. Like, like at one point I was winning fifty grand um, in the in the afternoon session. Yeah, and then I ended up winning like a thousand dollars. So that's so cool. Um, that's not bad, Brenton. No, but it looked like at any rate, I, I had a Hurts. I had stacked. Uh, double stacked hurts with uh, Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager and Rager looks like he might be able to break out too. I'm, I am, we'll get to it on the re- recap podcast, but I, I'm, I'm a little worried. We might owe some apologies to Devo uh, over the course of this season. Let's just, let's just put it at that. Anyway, 49ers minus three at the Eagles over under 48. What say you breach? Well, and we will also talk about on the recap podcast, how you should spend that thousand dollars, like getting uh Jalen hurts tattoo for Debo. Um, but for, you know what? This game is interesting. I think this is one of the most fascinating point spreads uh, coming up in week two that we've seen. Because look, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I have no idea what to make of them. Are they that good or the Falcons that bad? Or is it somewhere in between? I think right now I feel like it's somewhere in between. The Falcons aren't great. Uh, it, so they made, they were a beat up, very beatable team. And you know what good teams do? They beat very beatable teams. And so that's what we saw. I was actually thought the Eagles offense looked a lot better than we probably thought they were going to be. Everybody was a little low on the Eagles this year, except for Debo. Uh, and so I liked them. But then you look at the 49ers and for 58 minutes on Sunday, they looked like the best team in the NFL. It looked like uh, they were going to just blow out the Lions. And then somehow they just had a total meltdown the final two minutes and almost blew a 41 to 17 lead. And so I think what I make of this game is that, look, we have a West Coast team, 10 a.m. start, East Coast. I think Philadelphia is better than Detroit. I think the Eagles are going to give the 49ers some trouble. Uh, and you know what? I love a good home underdog who's coming off a big win. So I am going to take the Eagles to cover. Not sure who I'm going to pick straight up yet, but definitely the Eagles to cover. I think I would probably lean that way as well in this one. That's three points is a lot for a, a team that is now that was going to have its home debut. The 49ers show they were vulnerable to, to you know, you can put up points on them. Great, it was garbage time. I mean, the, the 49ers were lighting them up. I'm a little worried, too, about Jimmy Garoppolo 
and he played okay, and they rotated Trey Lance in there. Trey Lance just you – know, anyway, I, I'm a little worried about them, even with a good offensive line, against that Eagles defensive front because they were swarming the Falcons on Sunday. So I will – I think I like the over in this game as well. Anything under 50, the 49ers are going to put up a bunch of points, and I think you're going to see the Eagles be able to do do the same as well. Uh, Jalen Hurts is just difficult to defend. Nick Sirianni's offense look good. So uh, lean towards the over here right now. Uh, probably lean towards the Eagles as well coming uh also cowboys at chargers cowboy the chargers pulled off a win against washington cowboys of course lost on thursday night in week one chargers minus three over under 52 breach yeah i like this game uh you know what look we saw what the chargers did to washington they went up and down the field washington's supposed to be one of the best defenses in football they couldn't stop justin herbert that game probably could have been a blowout uh if the chargers red zone offense was any good they, they were inside the 20 yard line six times only scored two touchdowns because they had uh, two ugly turnovers, both by Justin Herbert, one interception, one fumble, and then settled for two field goals. Uh, you know, if you punch the ball in the end zone one or two more times, just go four of six in the red zone, all of a sudden this game's a blowout. So I, I think the Chargers, if they can do that against Washington's defense, I think they're going to be able to put up big numbers against the Cowboys' defense. So the question is, can the Cowboys put up a lot of points on the Chargers defense. I it, I was shocked at how well the Cowboys played against the Buccaneers. I think they are going to be able to move the ball. I think this game is going to be a shootout. Um, but the one thing I will say is that the Chargers have a better secondary right now than probably the Buccaneers. You have Derwin James. You have Chris Harris. You have guys who can match up uh, with all the Cowboys weapons. And I think that is going, in the end, going to be the advantage. I'm going to take the Chargers to cover here. Yeah, uh, the, the only concern I would have with the Chargers and and them covered, and this year Adderley in that secondary as well, Asante Samuel Jr., they definitely have uh, players on defense. My only concern is that that game may very well be uh, a situation for the Chargers where they're facing a distinct home field disadvantage in the form of lots of Cowboys fans coming in. So we'll see about that. But we're neither here nor there. At any rate, this is something you got to bet the over now. It's 52 and a half already. That is a ton of points. I get it. But the Buccaneers could name their number against that Cowboys defense. And you're going to see a situation where the Chargers will be able to do the same thing. They're not going to struggle in the red zone against the Cowboys. They're not going to struggle to move the ball and get the ball in the end zone against the Cowboys. Justin Herbert's going to have a big game, and Dak Prescott's going to have a big game, and they're going to sling the ball around. So get the over-under now. I can see, I mean, you know, NFL over-under simply don't close at like 56. But we are seeing a distinct lack of holding this year or already, I feel like. And I would expect that we see plenty of points in this one. So give me the over in that game. Probably lean towards the Chargers as well. Vikings at Cardinals. Cardinals minus two and a half over under 51. The Cardinals coming off a, a Kyler Murray is in the MVP conversation type of game. And the Vikings, of course, losing to the lowly Bengals. Yeah, I was a little surprised at how close this point spread was. If you watch the Vikings play on Sunday, obviously I did because they were playing the Bengals. Their offensive line got beat up by the Bengals. The Bengals, who had one of the worst defenses in football last year, who couldn't put any pressure on anyone, was just barging through the Vikings O-line. It was ugly. And then you look at the Cardinals did on Sunday. You know what they did? They beat up an okay offensive line uh, in Tennessee. Chandler Jones was so good that he got Taylor Lewan benched uh, with it. Uh, Chandler Jones, three sacks in the first quarter, five sacks overall. I have no idea how the Vikings are going to protect Kirk Cousins here. I think this one could actually get pretty ugly. I have a hard time seeing how, unless Dalvin Cook goes off for 120, 130, 140 yards, something like that. 
I don't think this game's going to be close. So at two and a half points, uh, maybe I am just reading this completely wrong, but this is probably out of all the point spreads we're talking about today. The the game I love the most is the Cardinals covering here. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think you take the Cardinals here. Arizona just, I don't know that Cliff Kingsbury's fixed everything, but the defense is clearly a lot better. Chandler Jones, five sacks, uh, you know, against the Titans. And I mean, Taylor Lewan tweeted out afterwards, like, you know, you can't, he kicked my ass. Like, I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I got my ass kicked. And we all saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we know Taylor. Uh, again, I know I'm playing all these over unders. I tend to look towards the over here as well. I need, I, I need to go back and look at the pace for these guys because I do believe both of these teams could potentially get a little sluggish just in terms of how they moved up and down the field, but. Arizona was is, is typically really aggressive early, and then will sort of slow down and try to be, you know, a little more methodical and, and run clock. And they didn't do that as much against the Titans. They were willing to just keep cutting loose. And Minnesota, the key is, is to get this over. Arizona needs to score first, and then Minnesota Arizona needs a lead, and Minnesota will put up points coming back, even against a, a, an impressive defense. But yeah, I think Cardinals, you lock that in uh, as early as possible. Titans at the Seahawks. Seahawks minus five and a half. The over-under 52.5, the Titans were Miz on Sunday against the Cardinals, 13 points uh, total, whereas the Seahawks were fantastic. Uh, Pete Carroll said afterwards that he's never seen a cohesion between a quarterback and an offensive coordinator like Russell Wilson and Shane Waldron. Seattle whipped up on Indy, looked great on offense, reminded me a lot of last year, and that's why they're heavily favored here, Breach. Yeah, I've literally in the – Nine years I've been covering the NFL for CBS Sports. I have never seen Seahawks fans praising their offensive coordinator on Twitter. <laughs> and that's what was happening in this game. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it I was rubbed my eyes to see if it was real. And it was everyone. I mean, it, Shane Waldron called a great game. Russell Wilson looked rejuvenated. Everyone, they were involving everyone on that offense. And when you get everyone involved, that makes the offense nearly impossible to stop. And on the flip side, you have a Titans team that couldn't get out of their own way on Sunday against the Cardinals. You know, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I don't think we're going to see Ryan Tannehill turn the ball over three times like he did against Arizona. I think Tennessee is going to play a lot better. The one thing I will say about the Seahawks, though, is that this is their home opener. Pete Carroll has never lost a home opener. He is 11-0 straight up. Now, that being said, there has been some crazy home openers. Last year, that wild game against the Patriots where Cam Newton got stopped at the one-yard line. Uh, Seattle won by five. Two years ago, they beat the Bengals by one in a crazy game. Four years ago, they beat the Dolphins by two in a crazy game. Basically, We've all seen craziness in Seattle. It always happens. I like the Seahawks to win, but I think I'm going to take the Titans to cover because that that would be crazy, and that that would be Seattle in a nutshell. Yeah, and I think the thing with Seattle, too, and you saw this with, from Indy, I, I think you can throw on Seattle still. Maybe maybe you might be able to run on them quite as much as you used to or, or, or last year, but I think you can throw on them. And so it, it, I would think that Tennessee will come out motivated uh, and, and try to unleash – Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, and Julio Jones. I mean, they, they were embarrassed. So I, I would tend to, I would tend to think that Tennessee can backdoor cover this at five and a half. So I would probably lean in that direction as well. Uh, but yeah, I'll be certainly pick Seattle to win and, and expect Russell. I mean, Russell's going to be one of the top DFS picks next week because of how how big Kyler Murray went against this terrible Tennessee Titans defense. Uh, you're going to see some Russ, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf stacks, uh, and wouldn't be surprised if DK is the guy to go off after. Uh, I guess he had a pretty good game too, but Lockett uh, had, a, had a monster game, two touchdowns and 100 yards against the Colts. Finally, the Lions at the Packers. Packers minus 10 and a half on Monday night football. The over under 49. The Packers home opener after scoring 
three points, three points against the Saints in Jacksonville in a in a game that was humiliating for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and could very well spell problems for the Lions on in primetime. Yeah, this uh, I can't believe how badly the Packers play. We didn't learn anything about them. It was a disaster. Uh, I, I, this is probably the last time the Packers are ever going to agree to play a game in Jacksonville unless it's against the Jags. Um, but look, you know what? Green Bay has had some ugly losses under Matt LaFleur. We've seen it. We saw it last year. They lost to the Buccaneers 38 to 10. The year before, they got blown out by the Chargers. It just happens. And, you know, they only lost three games each season. One of them always ends up being a blowout. What do they do? They bounce back the next week with a huge win. On top of that, this is a primetime game at Lambeau Field. Uh, in the Packers' last three primetime games at Lambeau, they are av- they're 3-0. And they're averaging 18.7 point margin of victory. They're winning by 18.7 points a game. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe this isn't going to be a total blowout because the lines looked okay against the 49ers. Uh, but Green Bay is going to be angry going in. And so even though I hate taking double-digit favorites, I, I think I'm going to take them to cover. Yeah, I'm not betting against there. I mean, the, the Lions should have lost by 25. And they had this crazy comeback. They got if we had four onside kicks last week, last year, and they got a crazy one on, on uh, Sunday afternoon. The Packers are going to be pissed off, and it's and it's prime time in Lambeau Field. I don't know that you have to jam it now because you know it's not going. To, I don't think it gets up to two touchdowns or anything like that. But absolutely, would look at the Packers in this spot because Aaron Rodgers is going to come out mad and he's going to light up a a, a division opponent. All right, Breach, great stuff. That's the week two early lines. Look ahead. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hit that comment button. Hit that like button on YouTube and uh, of course in the podcast feed as well. And check out in the feed full recap of Sunday's games. Talk to you guys later. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.